0: I'm Joanna Fortune, psychotherapist and author of the 15-Minute Parenting series of books. Welcome to my 15-Minute Parenting podcast, where I take a common parenting struggle and break it down with practical, playful solutions. Let's get going. Today I really wanted to talk about the problem with problem solving. Because, you know, one of the things that I've spoken about in an earlier episode is as parents, how we have to resist that urge to adopt a fix or change agenda and not jump in to rescue our kids. In fact, throughout my entire 15 minute parenting model, uh, through all three of the books, you know, I have encouraged you to do it, you know, just to resist rescuing children from every struggle or problem they're experiencing because actually it doesn't teach them the skills that they need in order to master those tension rousing experiences themselves and i'm really aware that this might make sense cognitively yeah i get what you're saying but in the moments when you see your child having a problem or struggling it's really difficult to resist jumping in to rescue to fix and to change things for them and actually a number of parents have made contact with me after reading the the first of my the first two books uh, that's the zero to seven years and eight to twelve years um in the the series to say that the premise made sense to them okay I get it and I believe it's the right thing to do yet I just cannot seem to stay out of the rescue role long enough for my child to solve the problem for themselves so parents were telling me that they fear they've given their child the space to solve the problem without the roadmap for how to solve it so when it came to writing my third book The Teenage Years I really wanted to include um, a step-by-step process for problem solving and you know in in that book the teenage years i do include this whole topic of the problem with problem solving but i also wanted to bring it to you here via the podcast in terms of the six steps to problem solving roadmap and i believe you can adapt this to use with your child at any age but it is especially important in the teenage years to encourage problem solving skills in your teenager because they're you know it's a time when it's very difficult for them to accept that you as their parent could possibly understand anything that's happening for them. And then, you know, they tend to reject your input because they're seeking that increased independence, which includes independence and thinking as much as, you know, active physical independence. So, you know, it's more important that they have the skills to get to problem solving themselves if they're going to be dismissing what you're saying to them. So I just want to talk you through those six steps here, um, uh, you know, in, in answer to all those going yeah yeah I'll avoid the fix or change agenda but how can I be reassured that I don't need to jump in so the first step would be you know to identify the problem at hand and ensure that you both you and your child understand the issue in the same way so it's at this stage that you're going to try to stay focused on the issue itself you know the behavior rather than the person or the feeling so at this stage number one I want you to go with statements such as you know I've noticed that you've been late home from school most days this week or that's your opening or you might open with, you know, I've seen that you're using my work tablet a lot or maybe something like I I noticed that you've passed on the last two parties in your friends' houses. And then number two, second step in the process is to turn your attention to why is this a problem? So Moving to this step, because while it's going to take me a while to talk you through them, this is actually quite quick in conversation and doing it. At this stage, you want to consider the following in how you word the next part. Why does this matter? Okay, be clear about this in your head. Why is it you need the behavior to change? You know, what do you think might happen if there's no change? What's the worst case scenario if nothing changes? And what is your dominant feeling about the behavior at hand? You know, are you frustrated? Are you angry? Are you worried? Are you upset? Start with owning that and then put this into a statement that, you know, that makes it clear that you're owning it. So you start with an I, Maybe it's, you know, relating back to what I said about, I noticed that you've been late home from school most days. Now you might to follow up with, I want to know that you're safe when you're not at home. Or if it's about, you know, you're using my tablet a lot, you might say, I need to know that my tablet is fully charged for work each day. Um, maybe, you know, you're passing on parties in your friend's house is followed up with, I worry that there's a reason you're not spending time with your friends. So you identify the problem and then you turn your attention to why is it a problem owning that with I statements. The third step is to brainstorm a range of solutions, okay? So I like to make a list of three to five potential solutions but I always include one or two silly solutions along with more realistic and obtainable ones in the list. And after addressing, you know, steps one and two, I'm going to flag that brainstorming solutions is next, and I'm going to give some time for you know the teenager to compile their own list of three to five potential solutions to the problem, which I think is fairer than me just saying, hey, here's, here's a list of solutions I've pre-prepared for you. So that makes them a more active participant in this process, which feeds into that avoiding fix or change agenda in how you approach it. Um, So, and again, just to flag the reason I invite you to mix in some sensible solutions with, you know, silly solutions on the list is because it invites playfulness and humor into how you're approaching this with your teenager, which I... You know, always find helps when addressing any problem is to be as playful as possible. That doesn't mean you're undermining yourself. It, You know, serious problems require serious responses. But if there's a playful solution at hand, you know, approach it in that way. It's also why, by the way, I open with one of the wackier solutions before moving towards something more practical, practical rather, sorry. I mean, what I'd say is, let me give you an example. That's the easiest thing. Let me give you an example of what I mean by this. Um, Because, you know, a wacky or silly solution is quite a vague term. So say the problem, for example, is my teenager has been late home from school most days recently. Then step two, why is this a problem? It's a problem because I worry that something bad has happened to them. And then step three, brainstorming the solutions. I might say, well, option one, I'm going to alert the government that aliens are real because my teenager has clearly been abducted by one. Solution two, my teenager will call or text me when their schedule changes so that I don't need to worry about why they're late. Option three, I will agree to stay calm and curious about what might be happening for my teenager and ask them a question instead of criticising their behaviour. Four, I will call 14 of my teenager's friends and their parents if I do not immediately get through to my teenager when they're late. Or five, I'm going to trust my teenager and accept that sometimes everyone runs late and I agree to wait 90 minutes before I contact them about where they might be. So I've given five solutions. There's a couple of silly ones in there. And there's more, you know, really practical, real solutions that we can negotiate and reach agreement on. Okay, I'm not going to put anything in there, by the way, that I'm not happy with. So be really careful about that, because if your teenager goes, great, let's go with option five. But upon reflection, you're going, option five isn't the one I really wanted to do. Don't put that in there. Okay, and again, if they have come up with some solutions themselves, invite them to share those with you at this point. And then step four is to evaluate the potential solutions as they apply to this problem. Now, this next step in the process is you know involves you sitting with your teenager sharing your solution, both of your solution lists, so that you can continue to work through and process the problem with a solution-focused objective. So, you know, take turns reading those solutions like I just did, you know, laugh where they're funny and silly, but mark every solution out of 10 as they apply to this problem. And I'm emphasizing this point because there may well be a valid solution in that list or your teenagers list that would absolutely work in another situation. And so you don't want to dismiss any solution, but rather explore how it applies to this particular problem that you're processing. And you know that might mean that you say, Oh, I like that. That's really good. I don't think it's going to work in this situation, but I would like to park that because I think it's something we could come back to if there was another issue that was to emerge. So I'm validating your efforts as well. And I'm not saying, well, that's useless. It won't work here. I'm just saying it's not going to be the solution for this problem, but it is a good solution. And I think that's really important as well, especially if your teenager is also going to dismiss some of your solutions that could well be valid at another time. Um, And then the fifth step is to action the solution by framing it with structure. Okay, who will do what? You want to break down the steps of the agreed upon solution. When will it start happening? Agree a timeline. What needs to happen as a first step towards the solution? Then you're going to refer back to the steps of who's going to do what stage. And how will you know that the solution is effective and working for both you and your child? So, you know, build in a time review, you know, let's give this two weeks and then we're going to check in with each other to see if it's working or not or if we need to tweak this and, you know, bring about a different kind of outcome. And then the sixth and final step in this problem solving roadmap is to evaluate the outcome, you know, after a few weeks, give it time. So after a few weeks, pause and acknowledge, you know, to yourself that this problem is no longer a row you are having with your teenager, or perhaps that you feel much more reassured in relation to the problem as a result of the change that you have both actioned, you know, ask of yourself and then ask of each other what worked, what didn't work. What could we now do differently that would further help or strengthen how we're approaching this problem? So this all comes down to, look, you can take that as a kind of broad framework and you can make your own tweaks that suit you and your child, you know, it within each step. But it is easy to kind of structure going, okay, step one, two, three, four, five, six, and then make small modifications. It's really just intended as a structure to guide you. So within this, my my whole kind of core point or foundational principle is that when it comes to problem solving we want to seek to learn and understand and only then seek to move to a solution because if we move too quick to solution without understanding the problem at hand or without even really reflecting on is it a problem why is it a problem and how am I feeling about it then the solution won't sustain because and it also then helps you to avoid fixing things um, and certainly not fixing people we're really focused on the behavior and working together in a collaborative way. I also think it helps to embrace a mantra when it comes to problem solving that allows you you know, to tell and then keep telling yourself that you're seeking to get it right rather than to be right. And the difference in those two outlooks, it's not subtle because when I seek to get something right, I am open to learning. But if I am seeking to prove or assert that I am right, I speak from a very defensive position that is, by its very definition, closed to new learning and closed to developing any fresh thinking or new perspective on the topic at hand. And that doesn't invite collaboration and it doesn't invite connection between you and your teenager in moving forward with the issue at hand. And I, I think that it's easy for me to say that, but I do want to own, you know, that so often in parenting, we feel that we have to be right. We feel we have to be the authority on everything that relates to our children. And I don't think that's ever been truer than in that stage of parenting when you're parenting teenagers, because teenagers will challenge pretty much everything that you do or everything that you say, and even everything you think or thought you ever knew comes under scrutiny. So embracing a position of seeking to get it right and letting go of the desire to be right is, you know, honestly, it is a parental self-care strategy at this point. But even more than, you know, the valuable, very valuable, by the way, self-care, it keeps you open to learning from and learning with your teenager. And that's something that we should always try to be open to so that we can continue to grow our relationship within that cradle of connection give it a go. Um, I think it is helpful to have that little roadmap to structure how we approach problem solving or how we encourage our teenagers or children to approach problem solving. But give it a go. And as I said, make tweaks, adapt it to suit you and your teenager. um, And like, like the process says, you know, pause, reflect what worked, what didn't work, and how do you need to change it going forward. But I hope you find it helpful. Thank you for listening. I'd love if you could leave a positive review, share this with a friend or a few friends, or even subscribe to the podcast. It really helps others to find it and helps with visibility online. You can also follow me on Instagram at Joanna Fortune or on Twitter at the Joanna Fortune. No E at the end of that. Tune in next time for more 15-Minute Parenting.